I'm going to say this, and I, if I can... Um, Start Monday morning, starting Monday morning, I, I started hearing a series of things and seeing a series of things that were, uh, and, and I, I want to choose my words correctly, I don't want to exaggerate, but they were devastating for some people and alarming to me. It's been a heavy, heartbroken kind of week. I know that some of you have lived that way a long time. It wasn't just a week. Sometimes the shame, the heartache, is because you messed up. I know that. I know about that kind of thing. And sometimes it's because somebody else messed up. And that, this week I heard a lot of that. So, somebody tell me something good. Because in spite of the fact whether you had a bad week or a bad month or a bad year, the Bible says, I believe it. God works all things together for good. So somebody tell me something good that's going on. Ralph.
painful for me. When things are going bad, they look bad for me, but I deserve that because I did wrong. I was not following God like I should have. But with time, thank God he doesn't give up. It's one of those things, it's good for him, not so good for us. But we've, we've talked about this a long time. We've known for a long time that folks that come into this place sometimes are just passing through. Ralph came to us when he needed us most. Stayed while we needed him most. And now it's somebody else's turn to bless him and to be blessed by him. Uh, nothing but the best, brother. Nothing but blessings. Tell me something good. I, uh, I hear about somebody going home. I like that she had a moment of peace to make that transition. I think that's the way the Lord does it. When the Lord shows up to take you home, that is, that is a moment of peace, isn't it? I envy that, crave that. Would pray for it be that way tonight. When I lay down and go to sleep, that God will wake me up in glory, and I'll uh, wait for you all to get there. Um, I put uh, information in my phone uh, to remind me of things because if I didn't, I wouldn't remember. And I've got this new phone and it's... Um, 
it's sometimes it's it's a smartphone and it's smarter than I am. And so uh, I got to I got to read I got to read this to you. I put this in back in 2013. On March the 6th, 2013, it's four years ago on Monday, I got to be a part of watching Darla confess her faith in Jesus and to receive a new life that she has lived every day since then. And if I'm going to list good things that have happened in my life, if I'm going to have any kind of honesty about good things that God has done in my life, things I don't deserve, no. Uh, Darla is one of those. Would you not agree? Tell me a way God has blessed you. Tell me something good God has worked in your life through Darla. And I don't need sermons, but I want it straight and pointed. And if Darla does nothing else in the history of the world but bring us Eloise and Richard, are we not grateful? That's the truth. Now, the fact that she brought Ariana is extra good. But the fact that she introduced us to Richard and Eloise and then what's gone on in their family because of her. Thank God for Darla. Give me somebody else. Somebody that God has done something good in your life because of Darla. There you go. <laughs> Let's try and think of something that lasts longer than a pie. Now he had to buy it. I want y'all to know I did not pay. No matter how down and out they may have been, when I come here, I know one thing is going to happen. Charlotte's going to give you a hug. And that hug is, you know, all those commercials about, you know, this cost this much, and, you know, priceless. We're talking about priceless above priceless. You know, that someone uh, who could be in a lot of other places. I wish he hadn't mentioned those cats. Um, I watched, uh, it's been four years ago, it's hard to believe. I remember the first Sunday she was here. I remember the Sunday that I asked her if she'd like to visit about this church. I remember how from that moment she has been for many of us in this place not just a hug, not just an acceptance and affection, which is priceless for some of us. Because some of us came out of families and some of us came out of churches and some of us came out of situations where people stopped being good to us, stopped being nice to us, stopped loving us, stopped hugging us. Darla gave us, you know, we can say hug and that's, that's, that's good, but you don't understand the significance behind that the acceptance and the love that comes with that, and the affection that a person feels when they get that. But you know what else she's done? She's been honest 
and open about shameful things from her past. And that's not easy to do, folks, because it's real easy. The truth is, it's real easy for a bunch of us to sit in here and act like we've done everything right, knowing good and well we haven't. And to let some people like Catherine and Darla to bear the burden of saying, this is the mess I made in my life, and Jesus did this for me. So let me tell you, just in case you didn't know, I just got a text that says you're a liar and a hypocrite. And you know what my answer is? I have. I've lied and I've been a hypocrite. Am I that? No. Two reasons. One, because of Jesus. I'm forgiven. Thank God I'm forgiven. Do I deserve to be forgiven? Nope. Have I done better and I never done anything wrong ever again after he's loved? No. Huh? And number two, that is not my practice. If I lie to you, it's because I messed up. And what am I going to do? You know me. If you know me, you tell me. What am I going to do? The moment I recognize that I messed up, what am I going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell God on me, let him handle it, and then I'm going to do better or do my best to do better, or just try it. I'm going to, right? That's all, I, that's all we want here. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what they called you. I don't care what they called you. They are not him. What do we say here? Them is not him. <laughs> Those people out there. But you... You know the person I'm most concerned about? It's not the them. You know who I'm concerned about the most? Anybody got any idea? The person inside you, the me, that, I, that Louise just said. That's what I care about the most. I have to check that, see if it's my dad. Um, You're going to mess up. You're going to mess up. I hate that. But I'm going to mess up. But I don't want to hide from God, do you? I don't want to go back and live that way, do you? So let's do this. Let's just be honest about it. Maybe you can't... What we eat? Oh, I know what we ate. Yeah, my favorite. Eloise cooked my favorite tonight. She always does. Because whatever she cooks is my favorite. <laughs> maybe you came for the food. Well, if you did, you're welcome here. And maybe you came to hang out with these people. And if you did, we're going to pray for you because these folks need some help. Right? <laughs> but you don't come to this side of town at this time of night and walk into this kind of building with no sign, with nothing, nothing but stained carpet instead of stained glass. And you don't come into this place to have some kind of experience with God unless you know you'll be accepted here. 
and you will hear God here. So did you mess up this week? Would you like to still hear God this week? More than anything in the world, I want to hear God now instead of me. So you got your Bible? Go to that letter we've been reading, the letter called James. It's a little bitty short letter toward the end of the Bible. The easiest way to find it is go to the end of the Bible and work back. End of the Bible and work back. End of the Bible and work backwards. I'm going to let you get there. Everybody, no, we're not in any rush. James chapter 1. You're going to be at verse 19. James 1, 19. James 1, 19. Everybody got it? Let's hear what God has to say. My dear brothers, now stop right there. Just the, very, just the first few words. This man is the little brother of Jesus who is writing from God for Jesus to people he cares about. He, they are dear to him. Now this is not dear like, you don't say these words, in the Bible when these words are there, it's not like you start a letter, dear brothers. No, 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 no. When he uses the word dear, this is God using it. This letter was written to folks that God counts as dear. God counts as special. God counts as loved. So understand that what he's about to say, while it may be kind of blunt, and some of us might think it's kind of rude, the truth is, the truth is, He's saying it to us because He cares about us. So you want to hear God today? You can hear God today? I'll wait till you answer. You want to hear God today? And if you don't have to answer, I'm not, let's everybody say yes. No. Do you want to hear God today? If you want to hear God today, hear Him. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Now the fact that God said it means what? Yeah, that's true. There's no way around it. But it also means that it's possible. Well, I just can't help it. I just got a quick trigger, man. I can't help it. That's the way my daddy was. That's the way my grandpa was. Well, you ought to slap both of them because God says... 
quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. God does not give you a command that you cannot keep. God does not expect something of us that we cannot meet. Right? When He says, Rex, and then He's talking to me, be quick to listen, that means sometimes you've got to shut up and listen. And I know what we, I know what we do. I've done it all my life. Somebody starts talking about something, and maybe they're mad about something, and all the time they're going wobbity, 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 or wah, 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 whatever they're doing. What's going on in your head? What am I going to say back? In fact, I know that's true because when you leave them, you're still going. Well, next time they tell me, I'll tell them what I told them. I said, I told them. You're still having the argument. Tell me, tell me the truth. Are there not days that argument goes on in your head? Some of those folks you're still arguing with have died. If somebody you've argued with is dead, you won the argument. So shut up about it. Right? Now you can't help them die. And if you start going that direction, i got to leave. No, no, that's bad teaching. Bad, bad. All right, now. Quick to listen. What's the next one? Slow to speak. Now, folks, you can put a governor on your mouth. You can put, and some of you don't need a governor. Some of you need a muzzle. Some of you just put your, and Proverbs says it. Sometimes you open your mouth and you need to just clap your hand over it and just... Shut up. Proverbs 30 says it. I didn't write that. Sometimes you just need to shut up. So folks, the next time it happens, the next time somebody's having one of those fits, the next time somebody's really getting on your case, the next time somebody's reaming you, all those things that we use, those phrases that are so negative, they're not correcting me, they're reaming me out. Oh, that doesn't feel so good. They're letting me have it. Instead of you responding in kind, why don't you be slow to speak? Listen to what they're saying. Give them time. Take notes if you need to. You gotta, I'm serious. I, I be, I've counseled married couples to do this. If you've got a husband or a wife that's one of those about everything, I've said one of the things, honest, one of the ways you help that is you say, hang on, hang on, hang on, time out, time out. Catch your breath just a second. I'm, I'm going to let you talk, but let me, i got to go get a pad and a paper. Because you're talking so fast, I, I'm not going to remember everything you're saying and I want to hear every word. Did Z say quick to listen? So take notes. Now don't ask him how to spell that. You write down what they say and then decide what you're going to say back. Because how many of us are just really adept in answering correctly when we're answering impulsively. I didn't see any hands go up. That's right. You were being honest. That's right. Sometimes you got to think. Now, i, I got to tell you, I've, I've dealt with some married couples where the mate gets in the face of the other one and says, well, go ahead, say something, 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 say something. That would be one of the people I'd put on my list, right? Get out of her face. Get out of his face. Give him time to think if he's practicing this. Give her time to think. Let her breathe. Let him breathe. And time out. While I'm talking about that, how about with your kids? Why'd you do that? 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 Shut up. 
Say what you need to say and then just shut up and let them think. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Read the next one. So is it under my control about how angry I get? God says it is. So maybe what I've got to do is rethink what caused me to get angry. Uh, I think I, I don't know if I've told you all this story before. Probably have and I'm old so just if you've heard it before just say oh, there he goes again. <laughs> One of my favorite things used to be after this happened I've never done it again. I've never done it again. I saw a man, I used to work at a big old church. He was one of the ministers there. I saw him driving home. He was, they lived down the same street, highway not far from us. And so I was following him and I, I, didn't, I didn't even know he was anywhere around until we pulled up to the, the stoplight. And I recognized his car and I saw he was just by himself. And this is one of our preachers. We've just come back from Sunday. He's still wearing his suit. I've still got my suit on. Anyway, we're dr driving home. He's going home. He's going to get him some lunch. Maybe get a little nap, I bet. He's going to see his wife and his kids. But he pulls up and the light's red. He doesn't see me. I can tell he's not looked in his rearview mirror. I slip up behind him creep real slow. He doesn't look back. He doesn't look back. And I'm keeping hoping he doesn't look back. And then I bump him and honk while the light's still red. He turned around and said with sign language, you are number one in my heart. I don't know what was wrong with his index finger, but it was kind of bent over. That other finger was loud and proud. Well, he whirled around and did his thing and then noticed who it was. Oh, I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. You know, he thought somebody had really hit him and it made him mad. Once he saw it was me and I was just playing with him, he wasn't mad at all. And he was embarrassed like crazy for what he had done. But we laughed about it because he knew I knew him. I wasn't, and I wasn't going to tell anybody. <laughs> I did not tell you his name. I told Gary I would never tell people that. It, it was not Gary. It was a, that was just too good of one of truth. Gary would know, would know the guy. I didn't tell you who it was. So I told him. I never tell anybody that. Now, Here's the point. You have control of that. When somebody says something to you and it makes you angry, you have a, you have a right. Not just a right. You've got the responsibility of putting some control on that, of putting a governor on that, of trying to adjust that. Is this something that needs you to be angry? Or is this something that would be better for you to not be so angry? You want to hear from God? God just said it. Uh, real quick, show of hands if you can be honest about it. How many of us have ever gotten in trouble? How many of us have ever gotten in trouble? How many of us have ever made a major mess of our life because we were angry? Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Okay. Yeah. And some of us should have put up two, right? Yeah, and Janie did. Yeah. Now hang on. You want to hear from God? 
then God says, here's how you get a control of that. Listen, 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 listen. Speak. And let your anger be controlled, reflected by what you're thinking and what you're hearing. You know why? Verse 20. For man's anger does not bring the righteous life that God desires. Oh. Some of us live in... Uh, some of us live in tough, tough situations. And you're uh, scared to death may not be the right word. But you make a lot of decisions you make because you don't want another person to get angry with you. And their anger controls your life. We've got to work that out. We've got to figure that out. You and I need to sit and talk through that. Because anger doesn't bring about the righteous life God desires. Anger in me doesn't. And anger at me doesn't. Make sense? The righteousness of God doesn't come from Anger. Keep reading. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. Uh, what do you think prevalent means? What's prevalent? Prevalent. If something's prevalent, it's common. It's everywhere. Is evil prevalent? It's everywhere. Tell me something with, and I don't want you, no, we're not talking about the news. We are not talking about Trump. We're not talking about what I'm asking. In your life, in the last, the last three, four days, by what you've seen, what you've done, what you've heard, in your life, not on the TV, not in a book, in your life, what evil have you seen? You've got about 30 seconds. Just start saying them. Adultery. Work. Work. Well, it worked. I mean, tell me what the evil was. Work is not evil. So what's the evil at work? Gossip. Okay, let's go with gossip. Give me another one. Addiction. Lack of respect for authority. Drama. Selfishness. Anger. Judgment. Abuse. Rape. Just in, just in this week we've heard, is it prevalent? Is evil prevalent? So what do we, you want to hear from God? What did He say for us to do? Clean it up. Starting start where? Say it again. Where do I start? I don't start with us. I start with me. Get rid of moral filth, Rex. Get rid of moral filth. Make sure you're making right judgments and good judgments. Get rid of moral filth. And that evil that's so prevalent. So, I should really make sure you're taking care of your business, right? Right? No, what should I be doing? I ought to be taking care of my own business. I don't have time to mess with your business because i got more business than I want. So let's take care of our business. Get rid of that moral filth. And do what? Keep reading, keep reading. And do what? Humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Did you see it? Humbly accept the word that's been planted in you. 
when you confessed your faith in Jesus four years ago Monday, four years ago Monday, when Darla stepped over there and I asked her, Darla, tell these folks, you believe Jesus is the Son of God? And she said yes. And I said, I'm going to do just, and I know what I said because I say the same thing every time. I said, Darla, I'm going to do just like they did in the Bible. I'm going to baptize you. Now, she was in water, so it was going to be water. I was going to baptize you right now into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just like the Bible says. What's going to happen to your sins? And she said, washed away. And what are you going to receive? A new life. And what are you going to become? Child of God. I've been saying the same thing for... Hang on. Hang on. No, hang on. Because, y'all laugh, I'm telling you this happened, look at this. March 6th, 2005. Eight years, eight years before Darla received a new life, a group of, a little group, a little bitty tiny, about 18 of us group, met in a place out on the old strip, next to the Boom Boom Cabaret, an old strip joint, and started a little old church that outgrew that little old building and moved in an old dirty restaurant in here and cleaned it up as best we could, painted it, got some folks to help us with carpet that we could stain up. And for 12 years, what's God done? He's planted the Word in people's hearts. So what do we want? What are we going to do? Well, I'm going to tell people off. That's what I'm going to I'm going to give a piece of my mind. You don't have enough. Don't give it away. Right? <laughs> no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to humbly accept the word that's been implanted in me. Humbly accept the word that's implanted in you. It's there. It's already there. You received it when you became that child of God. You received that word. It's there. So now what you do is you tap into that. You go back to that. I don't want to be like I used to be. I want to be like He wants me to be. Do you hear me? I don't want to be like I used to be. I want to be like He wants me to be. To do that, it says, don't merely listen to the Word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I've sat in churches had been part of the problem. I preached to big bunches of people in church and still been part of the problem. But I've been in some churches where I felt like I needed to make the point. Folks, it doesn't, it doesn't do a bit of good. It doesn't do a bit of good to listen to what the preacher's saying and to say, good sermon, amen, amen. No. Doesn't do a bit of good. Hearing a good sermon is worthless. Hearing a lesson that you think, boy, that was delivered well. No. It doesn't do a bit of good unless you... Look at the text. Unless you do what it says. Now, it doesn't happen in this place. And, I, and it better not start. No jokes. I don't want any jokes. You go, to, you go to real church or big church, whatever you want to call it. You go to normal churches. Go to normal churches. 
Some guy stands up at the front, does a lot better job, a lot smoother job, doesn't stutter and stammer like I do. He doesn't forget what he's doing and tell the same stories. In fact, he's made sure that he's got a lesson printed out so he follows it. Maybe it's on a PowerPoint so that everybody can follow him. And it's very organized and there's not any chaos and there's not, they don't have these nice chairs either though, but I mean, he got all that working for him. And people will, I promise you, people will walk across a building that's wider than any barn you've ever been in to go shake his hand and say, Good sermon, good sermon, like that sermon, good sermon. We don't do that here. You're not going to do it here because it's just not about the sermon. And it's not about the speaker of the sermon. We don't have a sermon and we don't have a preacher. What we've got is the Word of God and somebody that tries to read it without stuttering and doesn't accomplish that all the time. You want to hear God? then quit just listening to these lessons and do what it says. Do what it says. I didn't write that. God wrote it. What does He want? Does He want to make sure, well, are you in church every Sunday? Or is your attendance up to date? Yes. How about your tithe? Nobody here asks you about your tithe. In fact, half the time when I say tithe, y'all think I'm talking about a tie, and no, we ain't having those. Of course, we don't have tithe either, so we're working on We're doing all right then. You know what God cares about? Did you do what it says? So be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Get rid of moral filth. Get rid of that prevalent evil. It's just everywhere. Accept the Word of God that's planted in your heart. And whatever you hear God say, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Hmm. You ever done that? I've seen some of you on an early Sunday morning. I know you've forgotten what you look like. <laughs> or else if you didn't forget, you need some help figuring out how to fix it. Didn't happen anymore. You never see it anymore. But back in the day, old, what they call safety razors back then weren't very safe. Well, double-edged safety razor could, you know, you'd have to have plastic surgery to repair the damage, wouldn't you, Antonio? Because if you got it at the wrong angle and you started down, it'd just peel a layer off. And men, men, to stop the bleeding, would grab the toilet paper, wad up a little ball and stick, did you ever do that, Antonio? you put it on your face. Well, now you're looking at your face so you know it's there. Then I want somebody to tell me, why does this old boy show up at church with stuff still on his face? What did he do? He forgot. Well, how could you forget that? And his wife's giving him what for? Uh, when, because he forgot. But ladies, are, uh, men are not the only ones. Ladies had the same kind of trouble. Showed up to get my date for the uh, banquet. 
She came walking up to the door, and I'm telling you what, she was beautiful. She was about a foot taller than me, but gorgeous. Man, she was wearing a blue dress that kind of was shiny. Va, va, boom, baby. I was, and her hair was fixed, and she had, she had on those mother glasses that they used to wear. I mean, she looked good. I was proud she was going out with me. As she turned around to shut the door, I noticed she had not fixed the back of her hair. There were still them orange juice can things right there in the back of her hair. I said, uh, um, I don't, I don't know what to say, but there's a orange juice can in your hair. Oh, she read inside. I don't know that we even got to go to the day, uh, the banquet after that. But did she know that orange juice can was in there? Yeah, she'd put it in there. She knew it was there. Somebody didn't plant it there in the middle of the night. No, she did it. Did she know it was there? Well, what had happened? Say it again. Now, that would never happen to us, would it? We would never look into the Word of God. We'd never look into the Word of God and say, this is what God wants me to do, and then us walk out of church and act. No, we'd never forget it. No. I've seen us. I've seen us in here. We all oh, love everybody. God bless you. Let's hug somebody whether you like them or not. And we hug. Oh, yeah, that's good. And then we walk out here, get in the car, and before we're out of the parking lot, you're saying things to your mate or saying things to your kids that you wouldn't want repeated in this place. What'd you do? You forgot. I got no interest. Who cares what I got any interest in? I don't think God's got any interest in hearing me talk. I don't think God's got any interest in, listen, in watching you listen to me talk. He's got one thing that's important to Him. And what's that? Do what it says. Can you say the phrase? What is he impo- what's important to Him? One more time. I want to make sure it sticks in our heads. What does he want? One more time. Do what it says. I won't fuss at you because I forget. Forgot this week. I hate that. So what do I need to do? Do what it says. Let's pray. God, we said we said we wanted to hear what you had to say. I hope there wasn't anything I said, God, that distracted us from hearing what you had to say. But if I did, forgive me and take it out of their memories and let's help us all. Help us all focus on what you just said to do what it says. God, I, I am so sorry for being silly and foolish and selfish. I'm sorry for being a coward. I'm sorry for not being the man of courage and example you want me to be. I hate that, God. Forgive me, please. But God, would you please do more than forgive? Would you put in me grit? Would you put in me um, sober resolve? 
to do what it says. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, folks. Hug somebody whether you like them or not.